Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. Number one for sport in West Cork. Close your eyes and pull like a And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. On this week's show we'll be taking a deep dive into the world of Beira GAA and discussing the challenges facing the clubs on the Beira Peninsula with Beira GAA Chairman Jim Hanley. We're also going to focus on road bowling for the first time since we launched the Star Sport podcast. Bowlcom and PRO Pat McCarthy was in the studio earlier today to discuss a recently launched book celebrating 50 years of the International Bowling Association. And we'll also be giving away a copy of the book to one lucky listener. Well, we're going to start with Bear at GAA, Kieran, and the chat you had with Jim Hanley in relation to the challenges faced by the clubs on the peninsula. It's become a common thread throughout rural Ireland in recent years. Clubs constantly struggling to keep the show on the road. And before we do hear from Jim, I just want to get your thoughts on what the lay of the land is for Beira GAA at the minute. First off, I think the Beira GAA board deserves huge credit for for this. Um, they're putting together a strategic review. So the first step in that, or not the first step, the, the first step was putting together that, that GAA strategic review committee earlier in the year and they've been involved with the county board too. Um, so there is an open public meeting at Skull Pubble Bear in Castletown Bear this Saturday evening, October 26th at 6pm. That's a very important uh, step in, in, in this review because... It's given local people the chance to um, to voice their opinions and contribute to the conversation. And really, for this, the goal is to have Bear G in 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 a, in a stronger place. Um, I suppose you don't really realise. Suppose people outside of Bear don't really realise the problems that at Bear G A and the challenges that they face. Jack, um, you would hear in this interview the words "rural depopulation, population decline, population drain," um, because Bear does face unique challenges. It's the furthest west division. In, in in the county and they have been hit by by um by rural depopulation a lot of a lot of people have left over the years um Jim's own club Bear Island couldn't feel a team this year you know which is which is quite quite sad when you consider the the history of of Bear Island there's six clubs out there um they're all doing their very best to to survive to be quite honest they're trying to survive so that's why this this strategic review is very very important because hopefully it's going to put a forward a plan that Bearer GA can use for the next five years. Um, that's the hope, kind of. That's why I'm going to say it again. It's so important that as many Bearer GA people as possible attend this meeting in Skull Pubble Bearer this Saturday evening, October 26th at 6pm. It's a chance to get your opinion heard because everybody has an opinion. If you're sitting inside in the bar on a Saturday night, you have an opinion on something, but you mightn't share it with anyone or you might just, you know... This is a chance to kind of put that opinion out there and it might just help bear a GA. So um, quite an important meeting. I wish him the very best of luck. And I caught up with Jim to chat about bear a GA and the strategic review. Jim, before we actually talk about the strategic review meeting that's coming up, can you talk to us a small bit about the current health of bear a GA at the moment? How, how are things out in Beira? Um, if if we if we're if we're very straight about it, like 
and you know you look at results on on the field of play. Um, I, I I don't think they make for you know particularly brilliant reading. You know, we have uh, two intermediate clubs, the Premier Intermediate Club in Castlemore and Intermediate in Antigal, um, two Junior A clubs, uh, uh, Gareth, uh sorry, um, two Junior A clubs in 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 Oran and uh, Garnish, and then we have Glengarry from Bear Island, um, and you know a variety of clubs in terms of sizes. But like, if if we're if we're saying, are any of our clubs really competing at 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 a you know competing as in winning counties? I think Castleton Bear could 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 certainly you know are, are there thereabouts in the Premier Intermediate Championship. I think the rest of the clubs, though, you know, genuinely, if we're talking about county titles, we're you know we're we're a bit off. I know Glengarriff got to a county title, county semi final, I think it was last year at Junior mm-hmm. B level. But realistically, you know. Uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, the, the clubs aren't aren't really gaining huge amounts of traction in, in county competitions. And then, if you look at bear teams themselves, it's a while really since any bear team was was competitive at at um at any in in any of our championships, either our our bear senior team or our under twenty one teams or two adult teams. Um, no, at different times, then the underage teams, you know, you get a good crop of players, and if they're if they're coached well, they might get a run and go to go to you know county semi final or final or something like that. But it's been a while since there's been a lot of county titles coming in. Now, having said that, at underage, even just just this weekend, Cahog uh, had a very successful weekend. They won a minor county title, um, and Castleton Bear won uh, won a title also this weekend at under 16 level, and also Cahog won a title under 14. So there are green shoots at underage level, you know, and there is some good work being done at underage level. Um, at adult level, I think we, we we probably could do a bit more, you know. But uh, so that's kind of a, a rough overview. Of where it's at at the moment. You kind of mentioned green shoots there, Jim. Would the hope be with this kind of like with Bearer GA kind of um with this strategic review for, for kind of to help more shoots grow? You know, kind of I suppose. What what's the hope with this strategic review? Like, what what do Bearer GA hope to to kind of gain from from this review, Jim? I suppose what we're what we're looking to do is to get uh, to get everyone in the room basically and see. Look, can we can we work together to improve everybody's lot? If you, if, if you know what I'm saying, because there's there's an awful lot of good work being done, uh, particularly at underage level. But just to kind of say, well, look, you know, if if we if we work together, are there are there areas that we can we can improve on? You know, there could be lots of different things, but you know, it's it's to get people's ideas because you know a lot of people have approached me over the last you know two years that I've been involved. And chairman of the board, that you know, people say, oh, you know, we're going to have to do this, we're going to have to do that. Well, now's their opportunity to come in on Saturday night and actually say, do you know what, I'd love to see see people trying this or that or whatever whatever the, the idea may be, and have a discussion around those issues and 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 actually see what would work and what maybe wouldn't work, you know. So that's the idea of the strategic plan and. Um, Hopefully, we'll get a, a, some people in to, to to have a look at that on on Saturday night. Like you were saying there, Jim, like this is a fantastic chance. Kind of like the strategic review meeting is on this Saturday night. Um, it's a great chance for for anyone involved in BRG to come along and voice their opinion. Like like we all know, every, everybody has an opinion on something. Like, and this is a chance for their voices to be heard. So, I presume you want as many many people as you can to to come on Saturday night. 
Absolutely. And I think as well, not only do we want uh, uh, as many people as possible, as possible, we want a, the full spectrum of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like players are the people I'd love to see in the room. And, you know, with that in mind, we kind of said, look, is there some way we can we can attract players? And because, you know, look, players don't come to meetings. That's, yeah. not, why, that's not why they're involved in the GA. And I completely understand that. But why we're doing this is so that, you know, maybe in the years ahead, we can improve how things are done in Beira, you know. And we're, we're doing it so that our, our players, our young players, and, and maybe the next generation who are only in their teens or whatever the case may be, that, that things are organised a little bit better for them too. So uh, I'd love to see the players come in and, 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 and give their experience and give their, whether their criticisms, that's fine, but to look to the future as well and say, you know, I, you know, again, we'd love to see this change or whatever the case may be, you know. And what, to, to encourage them to come in, um, Connor Coonan is, is, is involved in, the, in, in this as well. Mm-hmm. So we've asked Connor to come down as well, and Connor has agreed to to meet with players, um, you know, in, in a room and just listen to listen to what they have to say. There won't be anyone else in the room. There'll be no bearer officials or anyone else. It's anyone who's playing club football in Beira. In you go, have a chat, Connor Coonan, and he'll relay the message back, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you know what better person to have to 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 be. Um, throwing your ideas at and maybe maybe listen to Connor and maybe see I don't know will he give any advice to them or whatever the case may be but there's an opportunity to, to talk to someone of vast experience of football um, and, 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 and share your opinions with him you know What's been the timeline with this Jim when, when did they kind of thought about this, this strategic review first come about I, I know you put a committee together earlier, earlier in the summer but was it was it something you thought about earlier in the year kind of or what's the whole kind of thinking behind this as well I think um, the the initial uh, kind of thoughts on it were around um, the idea of um, you know trying to organise ourselves better. Kind of came out, if I'm honest, came about uh, after the senior championship um, uh, this year and the bear the bear team uh, after after this year. At the following board meeting, we had a discussion about you know what we were discussing earlier. Where are things at? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had, if we're honest, we had a different disappoint, disappointing performance, and it was right. Are we going to just do the same thing again next year? You know, and the next year, and the next year, and where are we actually going? And you know, we had a very open discussion at our board meeting, and we kind of had it. Uh, we said, right, look, we need to do something. So we said, uh, a few of us through the officers kind of sat down and said, right, look. Um, a strategic review is something we could do and if we do that then we um you know maybe we make improvements for for the years ahead now the thing has grown a bit since then it's kind of grown legs and it's not we're not just talking about the bearer bearer teams you know we're looking at we're looking at the wider picture and saying you know um if, if we can improve uh the clubs and help the clubs to 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 be better themselves then naturally everybody will rise including bearer so you know that that's kind of how it came about. We then put a committee in place uh, around the start of the summer, and the committee has been meeting a couple of times, meeting with the county board uh, over the summer, and we decided to go ahead now next Saturday and have the have the public meeting. 
And Bearer GA, Jim, it, it is stronger when the six clubs pull together, isn't it? Kind of like the, this meeting on Saturday night is open, like you said, to to, to, to everyone, and hopefully there'll be huge attendance from from all from all all the clubs. But it really is a chance for the clubs to pull together, and kind of like you said, there a riding tide does lift all boats as well. Yeah, it is really like uh, you know, in in any division or in any. Uh, group of, of teams, you're going to have you know, when they're neighbours and there's going to be rivalries and there's, of course you know, there's always rivalries and that's what makes the GA, you know, for we're honest about like, you know, but I, I think Beira has, is, is a little bit unique and I might give you an example in a second in that when Beira comes together and works together, what they end up with is a much better product than if they work alone as a single unit, I, I think anyway, now maybe other people will disagree but I'll give you an example of uh, it was about two weeks ago now. The we we got the minor, Cork minor cup down, and uh, it was we we arranged for it to tour all the schools. And it was a fantastic two days where it, it toured all the primary schools and the secondary school in 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 um in Catalan Bear. But on the Thursday night, the night in between the two days, Orn decided they'd have their own um kind of reception for the people involved. Like they had three people involved. They uh, Joseph O'Shea was playing. Bobby Dwyer was their manager and also um, Brian McCarthy was in, on, on the backroom team. And they decided, they sat down themselves and they gave us a buzz and they said, listen, this is a wider, bearer thing. Like Ollie Rue O'Sullivan from Garnish was involved. Dennis Collins from Glengariff was involved. And they said, look, would we would we make it a wider thing and, and, and bring these people in? And then we got on to bear ladies and we said, Christine O'Sullivan won uh, a minor... Um, title with, with Cork Miners as well. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing grew and you know, yes there was a it was it was held in IREs and yes it was I suppose focused on on Oran, but it was a wider um thing for the entire bearer community. And I think it was it was the better for it. And I think it, it showed great maturity in Oran, Crushton and Oak to do that because they were opening their doors to, to their neighbours, you know. Um and that and that really, you know, that really showed how Beira can work together because there is a Beira identity which I think is stronger than most other divisions. Not all, you know, mm-hmm. Duhalo have a very strong identity, you know, and they're you know, and different different things. But so much other divisions wouldn't have anywhere near a strong identity as we have. Like you said there, Jim, like Beira does have a really strong identity and I suppose Beira does have unique problems too that the other divisions in Cork just don't have, you know, kind of you're the furthest west division um and we've talked about before, like kind of when it comes to rural the population and population decline, like Beira is hit a lot harder than, than, than most than any other division, to be fair. And I don't think people fully appreciate the challenges that Beira clubs have until you actually spend some time in Beira. And I, I know Cork chairperson Tracy Kennedy made that point too when she spent a couple of days mm. touring Beira last year. Um, in, in in terms of the challenges that the clubs face, I the the, the kind of rural the population and population decline, they are big challenges aren't they Jim they're enormous challenges and and like I'll tell, I'll tell you an interesting one we we looked at um, for our tour of the Cups we, there was quite a bit of planning had to go into that and we, we thought we'd get it done in one day and then we actually well you know it was pointed out to me fairly quickly he said come here um, and it was Paddy Burney in, in, in Garen said you, you wouldn't drive around Beira and stop off for half an hour in each of the nine primary schools. You couldn't do it in one day. Mm-hmm. It's that big. And that's just driving around Beira. Um, so, you know, 
we had to split it. We, we, therefore, we needed the cups for, for, for two days and not just one day. Uh, and even at that, it was a squeeze. And that's, you know, that's how within Beira, Beira is a huge place. And then you, you take it that, you know, um, Glengariff is, is an hour and 20 minute drive from the city. Mm-hmm. And that's the first entry point into the peninsula. So if you have to go west to, to Carmore, to, to Alihi's, that's another probably nearly nearly an hour, I'd say. So you're at least two, two, two and a quarter hours to go from Cork to the very tip of Bear. It's it's a long, long way west, you know. Now, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely beautiful, but it's a long way west. And, you know, we often hear clubs, you know, clubs coming down to play or whether it be uh, an intermediate team or junior team or whatever the case may be. And they go, oh, God, it's a long way down, you know, will you meet us halfway and, you know, this kind of stuff, you know. And they don't realise they have to make the travel once every second year, whereas Bayer teams have to make that journey every second time they go play a game, you know. Um, and that gets lost on people, but you can't be complaining about that. That's just, just geography. It's just reality, and, and you have to get over it. The depopulation is a big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, there are 25% less boys in the primary schools than there were in the primary schools 20, even 10, 15 years ago. If you tot up all the boys in the peninsula, there's 25% less, you know, go back 10, 15 years. And if you go back another uh, 10 or 15 years, it's another 25%. So the population is declining at a, at a fairly seriously serious rate. But you add to that, you add to the situation that when people grow up in Barrett, maybe they, maybe they go to college, They'll play football in college if they're if they're good enough, and they'll come back and they'll play with their club, and and that's all brilliant, you know. And they'll they'll, they'll stay competing with their club, and often fellas will play until they're well into their thirties, which is fantastic to see. But you, what happens then is when they when they settle down, they get married, have kids, the usual stuff. There, the proportion of people who who settle in Beira is smaller as compared with the rest of the population. So not only have you a population decline, you have a population drain. Mm-hmm. And all these guys who played their played their football commuting up and down to their home club, they settle in a commuter belt around Cork City or maybe it's up in Dublin or whatever the case may be. And then the next generation, their sons and daughters, aren't playing for Beira because they're, they're no longer living in, in, in the area. So mm-hmm. there's, there's a population decline, but there's also a population drain. And, you know, they're, they're serious issues because you simply don't have the numbers, you know. Your, your own club, Bear Island, how's the, how, how, how things going there this, this season, Jim? Kind of like, I suppose, in terms of, of, of the clubs and, and population drain, kind of Bear Island probably suffers more than most. Is that fair to say? It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, my own club is, you know, it, it's a very unique club and, it, it you know, it's been able to sustain an adult football team for more than 20 years now, but unfortunately this year we weren't we weren't able to field, um, and that's just simply there aren't there aren't enough young men on 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 the island or connected with the island that that are available to play. Um, we still play in the island competition, which is a separate kind of entity, really, you know. And um, but yeah, th- that's a that's a problem, and uh, it's it's uh, it's a very difficult thing to deal with. If I'm if I'm quite honest. Um, and uh, just in even in talking to our own fellas who um, maybe played for quite a number of years, and I don't meet them as much anymore, you know. 
and they don't meet each other as much anymore. And a few of them have said to me, I, I really miss the football, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily because we were winning anything. It was just because you were meeting up with your buddies, you know. And it's funny when it, when a football club um, is in is in you know decline like that, you fight and fight and fight to hold on to it. But sometimes um, you know it, it's it's a very difficult thing to to come to terms with when it when it does uh, when it is under really serious threat, you know. And uh, and and we are. And I hope that there aren't any more clubs in there who um, will end up in the same situation. You've only touched on a couple of topics there, Jim. But uh, again, I think it shows you kind of it's a it's a taster of the conversation that hopefully will take place at at Skull Pobble Bear in Castletown Bear this Saturday evening. The meeting kicks off at six pm. Is that right, Jim? Is it? Yeah, the 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 players meeting is at half five. Mm-hmm. So we've we said we with with Conor Conan and the the wider uh, public meeting then is at six pm. And what's the, the the kind of timeline, the kind of thought process after that? Then, kind of, is the hope to kind of create a plan? Um, after this, in, in the next couple of weeks or months, that you can present in and kind of put forward into the to the clubs. Yeah, that's the that's the plan. Um, we had hoped that we might get it done by our convention, but that's probably an ambitious timeline. But certainly by Christmas, I think you know. And you know, just to throw ideas out there, like what what do you know for people going into the meeting? What do, what do they want? Like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm thinking of of our um, GDA James McCarthy and James when he comes down does great work in, on the peninsula you know, but James has I don't know how many clubs he has forty or fifty clubs I think he's eighty primary schools, the man is 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 worked round the clock you know, and then just you know throwing it out there that you know could we could we in Bera do something to 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 you kind of you know help out there and, and kind of maybe with a, a bit of support from County Board from Carter Kirkie could we put something in place. That we could push things on a bit, you know. Um, they, those are the kind of things that we need to be we need to be thinking about and talking about. And you know, like once people get talking, we're talking here now. Once you get talking, the ideas are, are the people's thoughts kind of start coming out. And people actually, these are these. I know that these are issues that people actually think about themselves. Any people who are involved in football, they said, geez, wouldn't it be great if we could do whatever it happens to be, X, Y, Z, you know? Uh, but now is your chance to actually come in and, 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 and pull it forward, like, you know, and have it discussed. Brilliant. Jim, best of luck on Saturday night. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Road bowling is a sport alien to most people in Ireland, but across West Cork, it's very much a part of everyday life. Rarely a day goes by, especially in the summer months, that you don't cross paths with a score taking place somewhere across the region. But how much do we actually know about the sport and its history? A recently released book from Bowl Common Heron celebrating 50 years of international bowl playing looks at the history of the game in an international context and we were delighted to welcome Bowl Common PRO Pat McCarty into studio earlier to chat about the book. And before we hear from Pat, we're going to give the listeners the chance to win a copy of this book which is almost 300 pages of bowling goodness. 
for those watching on YouTube, it's now been modelled by Jack to my right. Good job there, Jack. Um, to enter and be with a chance of winning a copy of, of this new book, email sport at southernstar.ie with the subject line road bowling and leave your name and address and we'll pick out one lucky winner. There's not even a question here, Jack. It actually doesn't get much easier. All you have to do is email sport at southernstar.ie with the subject line road bowling and you're in with a chance of winning. What a great, what a great competition! Ah, oh, super. Um, but for now, let's hear from Pat McCarthy about the book and the state of road bowling in general. Congratulations uh, on the book, Pat. Celebrating fifty years, International Bowl Playing Association, nineteen sixty-nine to twenty nineteen. Fantastic book, absolutely fantastic it book. It, it commemorates a milestone that we feel is uh, well worth commemorating. It's the, the start of international bowl playing, which was a, a huge step for. For bowling at the time back in 1969 nobody could have, could have envisaged the success it was eventually but the, the people in charge of, of the sport at that time Fleur Crowley and Damon O'Carroll they decided to go on their instincts I think and then with the they got the, the support of the players and the, mm -hmm. the games public to take that chance and go to go to Holland for for that first international and the entire venture was in the uh, making throughout the 60s. I think it started with um, some letters, some communications between a Dutchman named Johan Purthaus and Fleur Crowley, who was the then chairman of Bolcom and Ahern. Mm -hmm. they, the Dutchman wanted to explore the possibility of a... The, our game was pretty similar in technique, to, in throwing technique to their game, which mm -hmm. is played on a sand moors course different type of ball but similar technique similar game it's a man-to-man -man yeah. competition so the explorations went on they met in late 1967 I think and decided the Joan Yuan Portos decided to invite an Irish team to Holland in 1969 so that's where it started the Germans the, the, uh, the Dutch area where road bowling is played is quite close to the German border mm -hmm. And they have a similar style of ball playing in the North German regions of Holstein and Ostfriesland. And they were on board then at that early stage as well. So that first international took place in Lasser in 1969. And the rest is history, as they say. It is. It was a momentous trip at the time. There's good stories in the book on yeah. the lead up to it and the characters that were on that trip. Many of them local. Mick Barry, the game's best players at the time. Mick Barry, Dennis Scully. Johnny Holland, the local man from Dreen, was on it. There was various other people. Johnny Creedon, all the top players at the time were on that trip. And it's a it, it's a good story, an interesting yeah. story, and how yeah. it, from its beginnings and how it has evolved. Like you mentioned there, Pat, as well. Like there's the, the kind of different disciplines, you know, kind of like bowling. We we know it so so well from here in Cork in Ireland. But like you mentioned there, the Netherlands and, and Germany have their own. Could you talk to us about the different disciplines, kind of? And the yes, yeah. I suppose the differences between the, the sports. Well, the differences, uh, quite a lot of the German bowling, uh, of, the, of the Dutch moors, we'll start with that one. Oh, that's a, for, it's a team sport and it's played on a, a, a sanded moors course close to the sea, generally. That's where we've played it. Mm -hmm. But they have a very similar throwing style to, to the Irish method of, of throwing the ball. Now their iron ball is a different, it's a larger ball with uh, steel studs embedded in a wooden, a wooden ball. Mm -hmm. And again, it's, the rules of the game are, are, are similar in that you, the maximum distance covered is the best and you, you cover a course in the least number of shots, similar to an Irish old bowling score. 
and that that's they were the they were the main similarities. Then with the, the German main discipline is the loft, yeah. and lofting is a huge part of Irish road bowling as well, and was more so than back in 1969. And it it's, it means taking throwing the shot in throwing the ball into the air as for as far or as long as you can or as high as you can, getting again the maximum distance out of it. It's quite a spectacular. Exercise when viewed and when we, what we see in the European Champions, the, there are two German associations. Mm-hmm. One play off the, they run up a ramp and they loft as far as they can, and it's it's a big athletic undertaking. Mm-hmm. To, it has been done. But we've seen plenty of examples of it lofting the viaduct in Ireland and mm-hmm. that part of things. So, the whole idea of the European Championships was to get the different associations immersed in the different disciplines of the other associations yeah. as well, and. That succeeded. I wonder when those men back in '69, when they kind of ventured for the first Europeans, would they realise all oh, these years later that it's going stronger than ever, and now well, there's actually a book about it celebrating, yeah. celebrating their feats. Well, we would hope people like Flor Crowley and Damon O'Carroll are looking down benignly on the efforts <laughs> of what followed them, because it has been a monumental success. Mm-hmm. It has it expanded. A youth, a youth section was added in the early '70s. The ladies joined up in 1984. Mm-hmm. And under-18 girls are par- very much part of it now. So there's four separate European championships now whenever, when they're held every four years. And they're, they attract huge crowds. And there's great colour, pageantry. Everything about it uh, is, is really international in the sense that you're up there on a podium. And for, for Irish road bowlers, like it's, ours is basically a simple rural road game in lots of ways. But for, for those people that wear the Irish jersey and to be on a podium winning a gold medal is a huge a huge honour and I think it's um, if I could quote Mick Barry and one of them here Mick was uh, 50 odd years when he travelled there in 1969 he was, he's the greatest ball player of all time but he says after his first visit there it was one of the most emotional moments of my life to stand there in a place of honour while the Irish national anthem was being played here I was, after all these years, having a medal hung around my neck and representing my country. And that, for him, was a huge thing. From throw, so different from throwing man-to-man on the road and often for money. But that same feeling, will, if you ask any of today's players, now the great players that have done so much today, you know, um, they, they'll tell you the same thing, that it's, it's a huge honour to be out there as part of a team. And it is, uh, like, it's, it, like you said there, Pat, it's a great outlet for, for, the, for, the, for these kind of local ball players across Ireland because yeah. they're getting recognised on the international stage and like you said there, it's every four years and different countries, it's, it's kind of rotated to hosting of, it, it, of, it, it, of, it, of the Europeans. That's, so. that's, that's true, that's a great aspect of it as well. Um, it's since 1980. It has gone to every four years rotation. It's been. It's we go to Germany, twice in that 16-year uh, period. We mm-hmm. go to Holland and Italy, who have joined since the year 2000. So mm-hmm. they're a very important part as well, and they play a road bowling game. It's very very similar to ours. So mm-hmm. that's that's why they have come on board as well. But it is a wonderful experience. Much looked forward to by by the players, and we have seen down through the years. Hugely enjoyed as well. The book is full of picture action shots, pictures of players celebrating their victories and joining together as a band of brothers out there, that kind of thing. Like, and it's a it's a lovely thing for for road bowling. There's no road bowling. It is, and that's why this book is so important too, Pat. Like you said, it's it's full of pictures, but it's it's full of history too, and all the characters and the stories. 
from it all the, from all the Europeans over the years. We've reports. Um, That's like, right. This is a very important project that Paul Cumming undertook. Can you just talk to me a small bit? Why you decided to put this book together? Uh, now? Well, I think our treasurer James O'Driscoll sums it up when he said it's been a magical fifty years for for, for those events. It has done so much for the game itself. Now the, the, its main its bowling's main. Uh, output through the years, it's championship series, but th- those internationals are very, very close to the top of importance in, in bowling's mm-hmm. agenda every year. Every year, like it, once they're over, once the, the, you're looking forward to the next four years. But it is, it, it, it celebrates every aspect of it there. We've pictures in black and white back in from the 1969 and the early 70s, very pretty good ones too. And right on down through the years, they're all chronicled. I suppose we have technology. Input of the Southern Star, and that the Fleur Crowley, who covers the first six internationals, his reports are all included there. He was a, the dying of writers, road bowling writers, definitely, anyway. And um, the then uh, head of the Southern Star here afforded him at the time, and uh, Liam O'Regan, mm-hmm. uh, they, were, they were good friends, and he afforded him the space and the time to write about bowling, and it brought it to a huge audience as well. But all those reports are chronicled in the book from 1969 right up to 1980 when the late Fleur passed away. Uh, Christy Sansry follows up with, with the reports then, and I've come in with the, for the last few there, mm-hmm. trying to follow in very exalted footsteps. But uh, it, 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 everything is covered extensively. It's mm-hmm. a great record of the European Championships, the feats of all the top men are there David Murphy's three in a row is hugely significant there Shame, back in the 70s Seamus Sexton won two gold medals mm-hmm. we were at a low ebb for a long time there we, without a gold medal on our own discipline which hit us badly from 1988 to 2008 um, the Germans and the Dutch took our game to heart improved their huge challenge to us every year to beat them we have done so the past three years through David Murphy's outstanding performances. But down to the ladies, Carmel Ryan did it in 2012, and uh, we were beaten the last time again by Silke Tulk mm-hmm. in the ladies. But it goes right through to the youths as well. We, we need to be very much on top of our game, even to win our, at our own game. But isn't that great to see how, how the Irish road bowling travels so well, you know, that yeah. like you said, like Silke in, in the Netherlands and, and like the German and, and Italian bowlers as well, that they... They can excel at this sport too. It's fantastic to see kind of the sport international for one well, well, is, Yeah, and th- these people are exiles now. They're they're, they're native German mm-hmm. and Dutch people that have taken to the game hugely and practice it and play it now is very much part of their own championships as well. And that is a huge tribute to our ordinary game, I suppose, showing the twenty eight on on the Irish road how how it has been adapted, and we see it in the. Uh, other events there, such as the King and Queen of the Road, when these Germans and Dutch travel over to compete as well, and they're they're quite adept at it. And it it is a, it's, a, it's a good tribute to the standing of our game that they can that they enjoy it so much as well. And you mentioned David Murphy there, and I'm looking here at the book now, the 2008 European Championships, which were the 13th yeah. hosting of them held in Cork. I the presume that was a pretty special time, Pat. Was it, it was a very special time, and it was a huge undertaking. The hosting of these involves an awful lot of organisation, a lot of manpower, and sh- uh, moving of logistics here, here and there. But they worked it all. They were worked it all that magnificent weekend. We had a wonderful. We had the lofting in the Trabeg in the Nemo Rangers ground. Then we travelled to North Cork to North Moor for the, for the Moors event. That was won by Philip O'Donovan. And the and the the day in the Bandon Road where David Murphy won the gold was absolutely a superb. 
event altogether, I suppose. Um, uh, I think it was Eamon Sweeney who writes in the independent. Can I oh, quote yeah, him? Yeah, you can work with him. I think he, he put it nicely when he, he, he was at the event and he, he wrote, uh, we hear a lot of stuff about European integration and most of its time its proponents seem to be positing some kind of homogenized vanilla entity where national differences have been ironed out. Yet I have never seen the concept so perfectly epitomized as it was over those three days in Cork where the four countries involved show that integration is all about cherishing what is distinct as well as what we have in common. Mm-hmm. So uh, that kind of sums up, that everybody enjoyed that now, the Irish more so, because they recovered ground that they had lost yeah. on the road through Murphy's achievement. And not only that, the, they filled the first, they filled eight of the first ten places on the road that day. Um, that makes it even more memorable. Mick, Mick yeah. Young and Michael Cole were down the line, and all the, the Irish team performed to their peak on that on that beautiful May Day in uh, on the Bandon Road. And it's brilliant to see like the exploits of 2008 and all those Europeans are covered in this book, Pat. Um, and as well yeah. as that, uh, plans are already afoot, I see, for the next the next host of the Europeans next year. Trials are ongoing. Just talk to us as well yeah. too about how how bowlers get picked to represent Ireland. Like like let's say the next year's team that's going to the, the Europeans how how do those men women and, and youths pick well Kieran, we, it's kind of natural that you, you you would look for the best to go mm-hmm. and we have been fortunate down two years both, both in our administrators and in our players that the best have responded hugely positively to this European journey and they've responded again this time we are undertaking trials at the moment in Castletown Canada based most uh, based even up to last Saturday we were doing trials again on the moors Mm -hmm. but all our top men have been there over the past weeks Martin Coppinger is now on board he was we had a special celebratory event this past June in, in Germany and Martin excelled there so he'd be very much part of the team this year as well as the Murphy brothers yeah. David and Aidan James Donovan Gary Daly mm-hmm. those those players will be out to the fore and they're all invited to, and they, they do come on board and obviously they're, they're they will be hard to beat junior players may get in if they're performing excellently as well and the three this, uh, trials in the three disciplines, the German loft, the Moors, mm-hmm. and on the road, and all three, uh, your, your tallies, your scores in all three are tallied mm-hmm. and averaged, and your best average. That's how the team, and that goes for our ladies as well. The people like Kelly Mellon and uh, Carmel Ryan would be very much part of mm-hmm. the, the team. It's very much the best of the best, you know, which is, it, it is. Which is great too for, for bowlers because they have to raise their game. If they want to represent Ireland and go to Europeans, they have to have to be oh, their that, best, you absolutely, know. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I think that was the big thing about 2008. We had a special coach brought in, Mark McManus was his name, and he he conditioned and he programmed the, the team pretty good for, for, that, for that occasion. And we'll be doing the same again for 2020, getting, getting yeah. players, getting the best out of actually, players. You actually mentioned conditioned, and I think it was, it was David Murphy was chatting to before, and he said the difference between bowling going back 50, 20 years ago to now, you know, in terms of, of the training they do, yeah. diets almost, you know, kind yes, of yes. gym work and stuff. Like you're yeah. talking about the elite bowlers here, like the game has come on an awful lot. Oh, it has. It? People, mm. the, the, the modern day player takes it very seriously mm-hmm. there now. Like when you have quite a lot of people like James Dunham now, he's a pretty high profile GA player as well. They, they would be very, very big and being at their peak for, mm-hmm. for bowling just as well as they would be for, for, for any other sports. And it's... It shows, like, st- this particular championship year has been absolutely outstanding. There have been 
truly magnificent performances that in all grades when the local man here Michael Bohan won the intermediate like he'd be he's challenging strongly for a place on the mm. on the team for Germany next year as well and th- like all those are, are in, they, w- they won't be lacking in for want of fitness or anything like that you're a man who's been involved in bowling for probably longer than you can even re- remember how much of a labour of love was this book kind of, and how, how proud is everyone associated with board coming to see such a fantastic kind of final product well, you know, I suppose the initiative was mainly driven by the association, those at the Hillam, Susan Green and James O'Driscoll. Now, Greta Cormican did probably more work than anybody with it in the sourcing photographs and getting stuff ready for print and that sort of thing. She was uh, a huge involvement in the in the European journey as well, being the first lady to win a, a gold medal in the, at, at those when they were introduced back in 1984. But, uh, you know, since... We've been growing up with bowling. We've been we, we've we've good interest in all sports, but bowling has been a great passion for for a, an awful lot of us for an awful long time. And this, it was a you know we're it's it's a pleasure reading back the years. We become great fans of Fur Crowley's writing back through the forties and fifties and sixties, and it was a it was a it was a nice job to do in in that sense that. Really, I suppose you say a labour of love because we, you couldn't. We had something significant to celebrate, and it was a matter of getting it down there. And Mern here in the southern started to design it, so we th- we think we have a good product there to celebrate. Something you should be very proud of. And I'm going to mention the Christmas board now because Christmas isn't too far away. <coughs> yes, for for anyone associated with bowling, kind of this is an ideal Christmas present, and it's. And it's so it's only fifteen euro, which that's is right, yeah. it's it's in well, that's, a, two, that's yeah. a bargain, you know, yeah, absolute it's a bargain. Two hundred eighty page book. There's over five hundred photographs in it. We think it is. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a good present for anybody or anybody at all who's interested in bowling. It's a good mm-hmm. read and it, it's a good chronicle of history of a very important part of bowling. And it's 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 out it's it's out there and yeah. pretty limited number of copies going. Like it mainly was the main idea was to actually celebrate it. So we made made a book of it and mm-hmm. it, it, it's out there now and we've had a very good launch as well at the county hall in cork mm-hmm. there a few weeks back it was attended by well over 100 people or deputy county mayor joe carroll was there and the president of the international ball playing association allies timmerhouse came over to to especially launch it and there was nice things said retired bishop john buckley was present and quite quite a few more former medal winners and mm-hmm. were there as well so it's got a good send-off and, 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 and it's out there. Tell us where we can buy it. So for anyone listening or watching, yeah, where can well, you pick up a copy of the book? You can, you can buy it. it it's in, we're talking from Skibbereen here, it's in our local outlets there, uh, Fields and Cahal O'Donovan's. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's in the bookshops in Clan. It's in Bantry Bookstore. Mm-hmm. It's in Waterstones in Cork for those city followers we have. And uh, it's in McCarthy's News Agents McCroom and... Um, Jimmy League, Centra, Dunmanway, Super Value. And it's in Bandon or Morocco's in, in Shannon as well. So it, it, it's, it's all around and anybody connected with bowling would point in, in the direction of where they can get one pretty easily. Brilliant. Pat, yeah. thanks for joining us. Congratulations well, again. Fantastic. Thank you, for Karen, it. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. 
the Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast. Number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And before we wrap up today's show, we're going to take a quick look at what to expect in this Thursday's Southern Star. And I've seen some of the pages. This one is not to be missed. It's an absolute cracker of a sports section. So Kieran, you might just give us a bit of a bit of a taster of what readers can expect to read. I'll try and whet the appetite so Jack. Do. Yeah. Um plenty going on in this week's sports section. We on this Saturday this sorry, this Sunday at the County Senior Football final, the Castlehaven team of nineteen ninety four will be honoured. That's the Castlehaven team that beat Odun Van Rasse in an epic two game saga back in ninety four, Jack. So what we've done, we've three or four pages looking back on I suppose that Castlehaven and Odun Van Rasse kind of the rivalry, the build-up to the game, the games itself. Um, the, but first, there was the drawing game in Parky Cueve, 22,000 there. Two weeks later, the replay, there was talks that there was nearly 30,000 there, which is incredible for, for two West Cork country clubs to draw such a massive crowd to, to Parky Cueve. So kind of chat the players in from both sides to kind of to give a sense and a taste or kind of 25 years on what it was like to live through that rivalry, what it was like to be involved in those games. So... Even for that alone, this week's Southern Star is worth picking up. Um, also, we have a special feature looking at the Caribbean 1994 Senior Hurling team that were honoured at last weekend's County Senior Hurling Final. That was the one and only time that Carberry won a Senior Hurling title. And Tom Lyons has done a great job now chatting to, um, chatting to those involved in that Carberry success. So again, big feature and well worth picking up Thursday's Star to read. We also have coverage Gabriel Rangers are through to the County Intermediate Football Final, so congratulations to them. They beat Trump Tariff uh, last weekend. Um, that win also means that Gabriels are up into the new Premier Intermediate Championship next year, so it was double delight for Gabriels. Also, the Fast Set Rally is on in Bantry this Sunday, so we have a big preview of that with all the locals involved. Um, the Hart brothers, David and Connor Hart from Kinsale, are in Vancouver this week, and ahead of a huge weekend for the Irish men's senior hockey team. They're taking on Canada Saturday and Sunday over two games and the winner on Aggregate Jack gets a ticket to next year's Olympic Games. So there's a lot on the line. Um, I was chatting to to David. He's the Ireland goalkeeper and captain and it was raining in Vancouver when I was chatting to him so kind of felt a small bit like home I think he, uh, he, he was saying but huge chance for Ireland to get back to another Olympic Games um, I don't know if I ever told you but I was on my holidays in Vancouver just uh, the summer gone so uh, there was no rain when I was there mostly sunshine and blue skies but uh, did you see many hockey pitches around the place hockey fields um, is it a big sport over I wonder uh, ice hockey is the biggest sport there the Vancouver Whitecaps uh, regularly contesting yeah. the, the latter stages of the Stanley Cup field hockey I, I couldn't be so sure because there are astroturf pitches there I'm sure you can play any sport and then most of the time. True, very true. So I just want to we have an interview with David Hart as he talks about. Maybe um, he gets scouted by the Whitecaps while he's over there. I wonder can he skate? But he's a he's, he was twice voted the world's goal. best goalkeeper. So I'd say that man, whatever he throws his hat at, he'd be good. So like just to not dwell on the ice hockey goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> but did you see former Chelsea and Arsenal goalkeeper Peter Czech has yeah. uh, switched to the ice from? He probably now grew up skating being that he's from the Czech Republic and I'm yeah, sure there's... He'd have an advantage that way, yeah. Yeah, but uh, maybe if David could get down to Cork on Ice this Christmas <laughs> and learn how to skate, he could be back to Vancouver quicker than he expected. 
Right, anyway, I'll let you continue. Anyway, best of luck to Conor David Hart and all the Ireland men's hockey team. Hopefully, fingers crossed, that they'll win their ticket to next year's Olympic Games in Tokyo and swell the West Cork interest. Um, yeah, so plenty going on in this week's Star Jack. And like I always say, I'd recommend picking it up on Thursday morning. And if you can't, I'm just going to reiterate that you can buy it online www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper but as Kieran says you cannot beat the real thing especially with this uh, three page feature I guess you could call it on the 1994 Cork County Final between Castlehaven and Adonvin Rossa I've had a read of it there's some great stories in there some great insights and just some great memories from whether you were a Castlehaven fan or an Adonvin Rossa fan at the Mm -hmm. time just great memories and some Hilarious, hilarious anecdotes there as well. We've bulls, sheep, cows, you name it, it's in it. Um, Anyway, thanks for listening to this week's Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. So if you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Stitcher or wherever else you listen to the show. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. Number one for sport in West Cork.